Right, let's, let's open our Bible. If you have your Bibles with you, let's open it to Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42, and I'm reading from the New English Translation of the Holy Bible. Let's all stand up for the reading of God's Word. Now, as they went... On their way, Jesus entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him as guest. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he said. But Martha was distracted with all the preparations she had to make. So she came up to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work alone? Tell her to help me. But Martha, but the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. Mary has chosen the best part. It will not be taken away from her. May God bless the reading from His Holy Word. Please take your seats. All right, so we continue with our series entitled Forward. This is the theme of Bradford Church for this year and whether it's your life it's your business it's your family there's only one direction to move forward you know we can't we can't afford to be stuck you know in the past we can't go back and it's also not healthy to remain stagnant okay you cannot be the same we usually have this common greetings in, you know, in, in, the, in the Philippines. You know, how are you? Okay, kumusta ka? How are you? And what's usually the answer of Filipinos? Moragihapon. All right? And translation. Same thing. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> not, that's not a good answer, right? All right? You cannot be the same. You know, no one can remain the same after a year. It's either you improve, you know, or you're degenerated. But you cannot be the same, right? For us Christians, our goal is for us to move forward, okay? God has installed a good plan for each one of us. And by faith, our goal is to accomplish that mission, that dream of God for our lives. Now, in this series, we said that the first step to you know, reaching the prize, the first step towards moving forward is to have a dream. Right? Do you have a dream? Okay? In other words, to have a plan. What is your plan for this year? Are you planning to improve your life? You know, John Maxwell says, you know, failing to plan is planning to fail. Get that? Failure, failure to plan is a plan towards failure. We need to have a plan. We need to have an idea, a big idea. You know, this is what I want to accomplish. And we said in, in, in that message that the dream of the plan has to be, has to be rooted in God. It's, it's not just you making your own plans. Okay? Those plans have to be rooted in the Word of God. Okay? So seizing your dream, your tomorrow, today. And then last Sunday, we talked about prayer, right? 
what, what are you going to do with those dreams? Just like Nehemiah, he laid those plans before God. All right? Consult God. Consult your Creator. Pray. That's what we need to do. We submit to the Lord our plans this year. And, and remember, remember that verse, many are the plans of man, but it is God's will. It is God's plans that will you know, come to pass. Right? Proverbs 19.21 You can make plans, but unless those plans are blessed by God, it will not you know, come to its fruition. Now we come to the third, and we're going to talk about prioritizing. Prioritize. Okay? So that's the third step. That's our lesson today. Prioritize. Okay? Diminish your distractions. Now, I want you to see this illustration. Okay? Reality versus... Expectation versus reality. Okay, your plan is, you know, expectation is, I want to reach my goal. There's the finish line, right? And I want you to picture, I want you to imagine, I want you to have a clear, a clear image of what you want to see yourself this December 2022. You know, as far as your Christian life is concerned, as your work is concerned, as your looks is concerned, as your family is concerned. I want you to imagine, you know, how do I want to see myself 12 months from now, this year? By December. Maybe some of you, you have, you have, you know, set it as your goal, you know. By December, I want to have my new car. By December, probably I'm married, probably expecting my first child. Or for some of you, by December, probably I, I'm, I'm finished with my college. Or maybe by December, I can, I can have my boyfriend for the first time. <laughs> or girlfriend. <laughs> right? So you have your, your expectation, your plan. But then, reality is this. You don't see the bumps. You don't see the valleys. You only see, wow, that's what I want to accomplish. That's what I want to be. But then, in reality, there will be what? There will be valleys. There will be storms. There will be a lot of distractions along the way. Right? Now, if we don't prioritize, chances are, we will miss our goal. We will miss our dream. We will be sidetracked by all these distractions and hurdles of life. That's what I want to be, you know, I want to talk about tonight. Okay? Now, here's the good news. Even though we would experience some curves, some detours in life, you know, last week, this week, we, we were talking about detours, right? Uh, we were studying uh, the life of uh, uh, Joseph, right? But here's the, the good news. Even though we will expect discouragements, detours, we would expect some deceptions along the way, but here's what the Bible promised. 
In Philippians 1.6, in the New Living Translation, this is what the Bible says. Paul said this, And I am certain that God, who began a good work in you, within you, will continue His work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ returns. You know the promise of, of, of the Bible? We will experience you know, some bumpy rides ahead. But God's promise is this. He will make sure He will work so that we will be able to finish. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that, isn't that you know, a relief that, yes, I will have problems this year. I will have some frustrations this year. But my God promised me, I'm a child of God. I'm, I'm a child of the King. And there's a promise that He will continue His work until it is finished. So God will never stop you. God will never give you a halt midway your progress. That's why the only way to go is to move forward. Right? Move forward. Now, let's talk about priority. Okay, you know what's priority, right? You know, this, in this day and age, people would want to prioritize things. Okay? Now, do you understand the word priority? Now, it comes from the word, you know, what's the root word of priority? Prior. Very simple, prior. It simply means what? It's, it's, it's something that is before or preceding other things. Right? So therefore, when you say to prioritize, priority, it means something that, is, that comes before everything else in your life. All right? It comes before everything else. Therefore, a priority is something that is supreme. It is something that is of worth, of importance in your life. You put it ahead because you know it's so crucial, it's so essential. All right? Now, did you know that the word priority came to the English language back in the 1400s? In the 1400s, you know, 14th century, that word was invented, all right? And for, for 500 years, that word remained used in a singular form. If you have a time machine and you go back to 18th century or 15th century, and you talk about priority, it's always priority. There's no such thing as priorities, 500 years ago. To save priorities is what? To be grammatically wrong. It's only in the 19th century when people started to pluralize the term and we started using it as priorities. So these days, people have so many priorities. Priority one, two, three, four, five. Some people, they have, they have 100 priorities in life. Now, there's a big problem there. You know, and that's where we come to our story today. But before we go to the story, you know, just a side note. Do you have, a, do you have your sermon note there with you? Do you have your sermon note? Okay. If there's a space there in your sermon note, okay, you don't have sermon notes? Okay. Uh, Joy, Joy, can we give sermon notes to 
to those who don't have, okay, we have sermon notes. In Bradford Church, we always give sermon notes, guides, because we are, we are serious in studying God's Word. Amen? All right. I want you to write there in your sermon note your top three, top three priorities. Okay? I'll give you a minute to do that. Okay, raise your hand if you don't have a, a sermon note. Okay? Raise your hand. Okay. Okay, Janeline, yes. Okay? I want you to write, okay? I want you to write your top three priorities in life, okay? Of course, you say, Pastor, is it in order? Of course, it's in order because it's a priority, a priority list. So you have to say one, two, three, all right? Right there. One. What's your priority number one? Two, three, right? It's for you, huh? It's, it's your personal priority, okay? There's no wrong priorities here. Why magbot? Because that's your priority. All right? Okay, that's easy, right? All right, that's easy. Now, just, just put it there because we are going to go back to that priority list, right? Now, let's go to the story, okay? In Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42, this is a very familiar story. I'm sure growing up in Sunday school, you've learned the story of Mary and Martha, or Martha and Mary, right? These are two sisters. They're from Bethany. And Mary and Martha, you know, they're, you know with their brother Lazarus, they were favorite place for Jesus to come. You know, every time Jesus would pass by Bethany, you know, they would, they would stay in the house of, of, this, of this family. You know, they, were, they were good hosts. They would provide Jesus a, a lodging place. And, and their place is, is a usual place where Jesus Christ would teach whenever Jesus Christ is in the village. Right? So this is, a, this is a particular time wherein Jesus came. Probably, scholars are saying, probably this is the first time, you know, Jesus Christ was in this place. Right? So this is the first time. So they were so excited. The master is here. Jesus is here. The Messiah is here. He's going to teach. And you know, if you want to, to be a good host, you know, here's the guest of all guests. You know, here's the teacher of all teachers. Here's the son of God. He's staying at home. We better prepare. I mean, I want you to imagine, you know, you have to prepare. We have to clean our house. You know, this is not just the mayor coming. This is, this is Christ. This is Jesus Christ coming to our house. So I want you to imagine the preparations that they have to make. And you know the story. Martha was so busy with, with the work, with the preparation in the kitchen, you know, making sure that the utensils are good, the plates are clean, etc., etc. And Mary, on the other hand, is just there at the food of Christ, doing nothing, you know? But then Jesus said, you know, Mary did what's right, okay? And, and we, we sometimes we don't understand why, Lord? And we have this, this wrong notion that, is this story teaching us that, you know, preparing food for Jesus is wrong? I don't think that's the lesson, all right? 
The lesson in the story is about priority. Alright? So are you ready? Are you ready? This is really about a priority. So, so Jesus went to this certain village, okay, this Bethany, and Martha is there. And by the way, the name Martha means what? A host. So it, it fits her, her name. She's a good hostess, right? She's, she's the host. She's the one preparing. And probably she's the elder sister of Mary, right? And the Bible says she welcomed Christ as a guest. And the word welcome there is, is a nice word. It, it, it simply means that he was, he was treating Jesus Christ as someone that is so dear, someone so special, that they are preparing their very best. And then we are told that she had a sister by the name of Mary. Now, nothing is said about Mary except that Mary sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he said. That's all. We were not told about you know, the, the character of Mary. But then, in this short description, she just sat there at the Lord's feet listening to Jesus. That very short description of her immortalized her life. All right? Jesus commended this Mary. And, and we want to find out why. Why did Jesus commend Mary and not Martha? And the issue here is about priority. All right? Priority. Now, let's go to... Let's go to the four steps immediately, right? Four steps to prioritizing what's best, right? Now, when, when you say priority again, it means prior. It's the first thing. Everything else follows. This is the most important thing, okay? Now, I'm using the phrase what's best, okay, to mean the most important, the most crucial, the most essential in your life. In other words, I'm using the word what's best to be your number one priority in life. What's your best? What's your topmost priority this year? Right? Four lessons we find in the story of Mary and Martha. Right? Here's number one. Here's number one. Consider. Okay? Consider. Consider what's best. Right? Again, the words what's best, you can replace it with the word consider what's important. Consider what's crucial. Consider what matters most in your life. All right? what, what does that mean, consider what's best? You know, that principle simply means that everything is not equally important. Consider what's best. You have to know what's best. All right? Not everything in life is important. You start there. That's a, that's a very simple principle. Okay? Not everything you do, not everything you know is equally important. Some things are less important than others. You have to start with that consideration from your mind. Notice Martha here in verse 40. Martha was distracted by the preparations that had to be made. 
want you to focus on that word, distracted by all the preparation. That word distracted in the Greek, it means to be pulled away, to be dragged away. It means he was fussing around with so many things that he missed the most important thing. All right? Now, now this is very important because in our life today, we're bombarded with so many information with so many data, with so many challenges, that if we are not careful, if we don't prioritize, all these things will be demanding our time. It will be demanding our effort. It will be demanding our money. It will be demanding our, what? Our attention. And if we are not careful, if we don't consider what's best, we might be overly spreading ourselves. Too thinly. See? Martha was distracted with so many things. She was so concerned about having everything arranged. She made everything equally important. And the consequence? She missed the most important. Right? She was so distracted. Right? Now, please don't judge and condemn Martha. All right? She's not evil. <laughs> okay? We need to understand that both Mary and Martha love the Lord so much. All right? Both of them. Both of them wanted to serve the Lord. Both of them wants the best for the Lord. But Martha, you know, doesn't know what's really the best. All right? Look at, look at in verse 40 again. She came to, to Jesus and asked, Lord, don't you care? Don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work myself? Now, I want you to look at this. Martha was doing it for the Lord, the guest of all guests. The problem with Martha is this. She doesn't know what's really the best. She was making all things best. You know? And in the process, completely twisted her priorities. Twisted priorities. You know? it, it wasn't just bad enough for Martha's priorities to be messed up. But once your priorities are messed up, you know what? Your attitudes are messed up also. Notice what happened to Martha. She came to Jesus frustrated, exasperated. Can you picture Martha? Picture her, you know, she's so busy and, you know, she's cooking and washing and she couldn't take it anymore. And now she, she, she just left everything and went to Christ and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do with, with all this work myself? You know what? She started with a good, you know, she started good, you know, preparing for the Lord. But what happened here? She's losing the joy. First, priorities messed up, now attitude messed up. She becomes frustrated, and then she gets mad. And here's the worst thing. You know, she even accused Jesus of not caring. Can you imagine? The one to whom we can cast all our cares, now she's accusing him, you don't care. 
You see? That's what happened. If our priorities are mixed up, our attitudes will follow. If we treat everything to be the same equally, along the way, we miss the most important thing. All right? And this is unbelievable. She said to the Lord, Lord, don't you care? So right now, you know, she is really mad and full of exasperation and indicted the Lord for not caring. You see? That's the problem. And, and you know how Jesus Christ, you know, answered Martha. Very, I wouldn't imagine Jesus Christ answering Martha very soft and gentle. Martha, Martha. Hi, Nako, Martha. You are so worried and troubled, take note, about many things. Worried and troubled. Martha, you made all things equally important and along the way, you missed the most important thing. You know? Is the kitchen, the food, the preparation more important than me? And Jesus would say, I know, Martha, I know you're doing all these things for me. But here's an important thing. For Jesus, being with Him takes precedence than doing things for Him. Did you get that? For Jesus, being precedes doing. But she got it all messed up. Martha, I'm here in your house because I want to be with you. And now, where are you? You're not here with me. See? Why? Because we don't know what's best. So it starts from that very important principle. Consider what's best. You have to know what is really important. Because if you don't know what is important, anything becomes important in your life. See? Anyone, anything comes and you give it your time. And then at the end of your life, you know, when you die and God shows you your whole life and God tells us, you see, this is your life. But only 5% were used for what's really important. 90% of your life was wasted on the non-essentials. And in our world today, this is the time and generation where the devil is bombarding people with so many distractions. But with this idea, this is important for your life. Notice what Jesus said in Mark chapter 4. You know, this is the parable of the sower. You're familiar with the parable of the sower, right? You know, there's a sower and as he was walking, he was sowing seeds. Some fell on the road. Some fell on the, on the rocky soil, and some fell on the thorny soil. And, and this one, this seed fell on the thorny soil. And look at, what's the meaning of that? And this is Jesus' explanation. The seed sown among the thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in, and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Now, this is so dangerous. A lot of times, people are being choked 
with what? Worries of this life. Deceitfulness of wealth. Desires for other things. These three, I believe these three may start, they, they are not evil in themselves. It's not evil to worry about life. It's not evil, you know, to have wealth. It's not evil to have desires. What's evil? It's when these things choke your relationship with God. Because they, you know, they always tell you, you know, I'm important. Fashion, I'm important. You know, you cannot go out without fashion. Cell phones, Facebook, Instagram, I'm important. See, all these things are, are saying, I'm important. And people today are so burdened with all these things claiming to be important that we truly lost the most important thing. I want you to reflect. Is this happening in your life? Everything is important. Your work is important. Your relationship is important. They're all essentials. Question, is God essential? I am so sad that, you know, when, when we had the pandemic and we were, we were only allowed to go out for the essentials, I'm so sad that going to church became part of those that are non-essential, that they have to close down churches. Very wrong. Okay? And I'm so happy that in America, in you know, the church of the church of, of John MacArthur, okay, a big church in California, you know, the government stopped them. And you know, they went to the court, you know, and pleaded, We will not stop our worship. Because we believe as believers this is essential. It's essential to worship the Lord. It's essential to listen to God's word. It's as essential as eating. Remember Jesus says, you know, that man shall not live by what? By bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so they really fought. And you know what? They won. <laughs> they won the case against the government. You know, they made their case right. God, church, is as essential as food. And yet, a lot of people today, you know, we can still afford to go to the mall, to go to anywhere, to go anything, but then you don't go to church because it's non-essential. See, that's the problem. We mix up and we mess up our priorities. God becomes less essential. That's the problem. See? Consider what's best. That's the first step. Consider what's best, right? Second, second principle. Clarify what's best, okay? They, they seem like similar, right? Clarify what's best. Consider what's best, okay, means that you start with their realization that not everything in life is important. There are so many not important but then there are few that are very important. That's lesson number one. Lesson number two is clarify what's best. What is that? You need to have a clear, you know, you need to have a clear understanding. You need to have a clear picture of what 
is really best for your life. All right? And I asked you a while ago to do that. Write the top three priorities in your life. And we will see if what you wrote there are really important. Because some people, they don't know what really matters. All right? And it's so sad that a lot of people today are busy picking up things, ending up that these things that they are putting all their efforts when God would judge their life. Can you imagine this? Everything that you have put your effort to are wasted. Why? Because everything that you're running after in life are non-essentials. See? But then you've been fooled. See? The world somehow, you know, shaped and, and fashioned our minds to believe that, you know, this is important, this is the best, this, is, this really matters. But actually, they are all rubbish. So clarify. Now notice, notice what Jesus said to Martha. Martha, Martha, you are worried about and troubled about, take note, many things, but one thing is needed. Can you see there the contrast? Martha, you are so focused on many things. But in life, Martha, one thing is needed. See there, the contrast? We need the clarity to know what really, really matters in life. Because if you don't know clearly, you will be running after, you will be distracted with all these non-essentials. And when your life has ended, you will soon regret that you have given all your effort, all your strength, all your energy with things that don't have eternal values. Right? Jesus wasn't saying that, Martha, your cooking is so bad, you know? No. Cooking for Jesus is not bad. It's good. See? Preparing the kitchen, preparing the table for Jesus is not bad. It's good. But you know the reason why people cannot get the best? Because they focus on the good. This is good. Friends, the reason why people can, cannot move forward and reach the best because they settle for the good. And there are so many things in life in this world that are good in our sight. But they are not the best. Jesus said, You've been focused, Martha, on many things, but only one thing is needed. Martha made so many things best, she wasn't clear what's really the bestest. Is there a word? Is there a word, bestest? No. <laughs> bestest. <laughs> See? She wasn't clear. Jesus said, you are focused on so many things that you have forgotten about me. See, that's the point. The point is this. Jesus saying, Martha, I'm the best thing that could ever happen in your life. People, listen. Brethren, listen. The most important thing in your life is Jesus. And if you are not clear about it, I tell you when you die, you will realize what you have missed. 
if Jesus has not been the best of your life. He has to be the best thing. He has to be the, you know, the cornerstone, the reference point of your life. It's all about Him. And that is what Martha missed. Now one day, one day in, in Mark chapter 12, 28, there was a teacher of the law who came to Jesus and asked a very important question. What's the question? Of all the commandments, which is the most important? And by the way, for the Old Testament, do you know how many commandments are there? Anybody? Yeah, very good, Daniel. That's great. That's true. That's the verse. The most important one is to love the Lord. There, there are 613, take note, 613 laws in the Old Testament. And for the Jews, you have to follow all of them. But then the scribe came with this very cl clever, wise question. Which of the 613 is the best? And Jesus answered, the most important one? Is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. You see? Jesus is saying, there's only one thing. Focus on it. And there you have it. It's not a secret. Jesus even answered a wise person, what's the greatest, what's the most important thing a person can do? And Jesus answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. See? That should be the priority. With the list that we made, is that number one? The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than this, you see? Your neighbor could be what? It could be your family, your wife, your husband, your children, see? But a lot of us put it as our number one. But God should be number one in the list. So that's the point of this lesson, brethren. Clarify what's best. Not just consider, but clarify. Make it clear. I want you to, to really go out from this church convinced that the number one in a Christian's life is Jesus. If you are not settled with that, I tell you, many will compete for that position. Many will be competitors of Christ in our heart. All right, third, Third, choose what's best. Not only clarify. Now that you are clear, choose it, right? Choose what's best. Let's go back to what Jesus said. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. How many of us are like Martha's here? We are Martha's. There's just too many things to do. Too many important things, but we miss the most important. Now let, let, me just, let me just give you a, a very simple and practical tip. Okay? Maybe you can do this at home. All right? If you have time, have a sheet of paper and then put, put, put a line, a long line from top to bottom. 
right? And then you write sa left, you write there, essentials. Essentials. And if you're not even, you know, contented with the word essentials, most important. What else? Crucial. Okay? Critical. And then on the, on the, on the other side, you put non-essential, less important. Alright? And then, you start, you start to write the things in your life. Okay? Let's start with eating. Where should I put eating? Essential or non-essential? Alright? You go there, you know? Next, mga, mga skin care regimens. Essentials ni non-essentials. Facebook, Instagram, movies, Netflix. Essentials na. Okay? You try to do that. And you will realize it will simplify your life. And you will realize, oh my, I've been putting all my efforts, my time, my money on things that are not essential. Alright? But we are not yet done. Now you know that in life, in my life, in your life, there are things that are very essential. There are things that are not essential. You start there. Alright? So going back to Martha. Okay? Jesus said, Martha, you're worried about many things. But one thing is needed. See? One thing. So Mary was able to clarify that. Mary has chosen that part. You see? Mary not only was clear about what's best in her life, but Jesus said, Mary chose the best part. I hope that's the next step that you're going to make. I hope that after clarifying our life, that there are certain things that I've been doing, I've been treating as best, but after all, they're not. You choose the best part. Mary chose the best part. That's the best thing here. Not only she was clear, she knew what's best in her life, and she chose to be there. See? One thing, not many things. Paul even said it in Philippians 3.13. That's our theme verse for this year. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. See? Straining forward to what lies ahead. He's talking about the prize. He's talking about the prize of being with Jesus. See, it's still Jesus Christ. Forgetting what lies behind. Even David has one thing. David says, One thing I ask from the Lord, and this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Notice this. To gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. Alright? Summarize. What's that one thing that Jesus is talking about? That one thing is Himself. Amen? For Jesus, that's what He's telling us in this story. Jesus is saying, there are so many wonderful and most important things in life, but if you're a Christian, if you call yourself a Christian, there should be only one thing for you, and that is me and my word. Miss that? Miss that? Messed up your life. 
We have to be clear this year. If you want to be serious in your walk with Jesus, know the most important thing. Jesus. You don't make Him your most important, then there's going to be a lot of competitors. Now, there are two steps to choosing the best. You know, choosing the best isn't just saying, you know, choose the best. No, it's not as easy as that. All right? Okay, put this in your notes. First step, choose to eliminate your distractions. Choose to eliminate your distractions. Let's go back to, to Mary and Martha. Okay, Martha loves the Lord and, and she wants to serve the Lord. But the problem with Martha, she wasn't clear what's the best on the other hand, Mary was clear what's the best, and she chose it. But for Mary to choose to be there with Jesus, do you think it was easy for her? No. Never think that Mary was tapulan. Maybe we think, ah, Mary is tapulan, you know, lazy. She doesn't want to work in the kitchen, so she excused herself by, you know, pretending to be listening to Jesus to excuse herself from the work. That's not the case. Because if that were the case, you know, Jesus could read her heart, right? Remember, Jesus praised her. So Jesus knew that her being there was sincere. But let me tell you, you know, behind the scenes, was it easy for Mary to be there and not help her sister? I'm sure she struggled with it. She loves her sister also, all right? She can't afford to be sitting with Jesus at the same time seeing her sister doing all the work in the kitchen. You know, they were the hosts. You see? So it wasn't easy, but Mary has to, what? Has to choose. She has to struggle. You know, being with my sister in the kitchen is good. But being with Jesus is the best. I, you know, you cannot have both the good and the best in your life. You see? You have to choose one. So the first thing Mary did is to eliminate the distraction. You know what? This is good. But this good becomes a distraction of the one thing. What's the one thing? To be with Jesus. This is a distraction. It, it hurts Mary to leave her sister there. But friends, sometimes we should be willing to be hurt. We have to be willing to break free from anything that we cherish if it's stopping us from drawing near to our Lord. We know we sang a while ago, draw me, near, draw me close to you. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, I hate this, but sometimes I find it awkward for, for you know, to see people singing, draw me close to you, never let me go. Problem there is this. How can you draw near to God if you're not letting go of the things, of the things that distracts you from being with Jesus? That's why Hebrews 12.1, notice this, Hebrews, Hebrews 12.1, let us strip off anything that slows us down or holds us back, and especially those sins that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet and trip us up. You know what the Bible says there? We have to strip up two things. 
There are two things there. The anything and then the sin. Alright? I'm not going to talk about the sin because I would assume that you understand that sin would really stop you from drawing near to Jesus. You cannot be with Jesus and, and draw near to Jesus and still love and cling to your sin. You cannot do that. See? But here's another thing that the devil is doing. The Bible says, strip off anything that slows us down and holds us back. What are these? These are not sins. The Bible is not talking about sins. This comes to us in a very subtle way. They come to us as neutral. They are not evil. They are not sinful. Okay, what are these? Movies. Netflix. You know? Mga TV series. These are not bad, you know? What else? Sports. You know? Your bicycle. Your motorcycle, you know, your hobbies, your gym, you know, your food trip. These are not bad. How many time are you spending with your bicycle? How many miles have you traveled with it compared to the moments you have with Jesus? And then go back and ask yourself, who do I really love? Jesus? Because love, somebody said, you describe love with time. The thing you spend most time with is what you really love. A lot of us say we love Jesus, but we spend less time with Him. See? That's why the Bible says, strip off anything that slows you down. All right? And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not against, okay? Sorry if I somehow step upon some shoes today, you know? I'm not saying you're bad. I'm just saying I want you to clarify what's best. Because it's easy for these things to what? To cloud your mind, to eat up your time. I'm just so sad with some people, you know, who would spend hours and hours and even effort and money you know, some of these hobbies are expensive, you know. Question, have you given that much time and money to the Lord? Because if you've given more money and time to the Lord, you know what, I don't care if you have these hobbies because I can see that most of your time and money goes to Jesus. All the other hobbies in your life, they are justified. See? See? But if our time and money towards Jesus is less compared to all these things, then what does the Bible say? Strip them off. Because they slow your relationship with Christ. They hold you back. See? They hold you back. So choose to eliminate. That's the first thing. Mary has to make the choice. Work with the kitchen or be with the Lord. But she was clear, Jesus, it's being with Jesus. That's the most important thing. So I have to be here. And then second, choose to embrace your devotion. Choose to embrace your devotion. What or who is the devotion of, of Mary? It's Jesus. 
what or who is the devotion of, of Martha? Martha's devotion was Jesus, but where is she when Jesus was there? She's in the kitchen. See? It's not bad to cook, but it's the best time to be with the Lord. But where are you when, when the Lord was here? See? That's the problem. So, so this lesson is not saying that cooking for Jesus is wrong. It's not wrong. This lesson is talking about priority. Is Jesus Christ ahead of everything in your life? And for, for Mary, her devotion was Jesus. So where was Mary when Jesus was there? The Bible says she was at the feet of Jesus, listening to the word. That's why Jesus said, she chose the best, she got it. See? Why? Because for Jesus, the most important thing is to be with Him and to listen to His Word. That's the best thing for Jesus. That's why Hebrews 12.2 says, strip off, and then what's the next verb? Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Fixing our eyes. So let it be our, our preoccupation this year, year 2022. If, if your spiritual life stagnated last year because of the pandemic, you know, you were just at home, you cannot go to church, you're afraid. And by the way, I'm so tired of being afraid of COVID. So tired, you know. And I'm, I'm making my stand here. I will not be terrified. I will have to accept the fact that COVID is part of life. You see? It's there. It should not and it cannot stop me from serving my Lord. Alright? So COVID will not stop me from coming here and preaching. You just have to live with that. A lot of people today, they're using COVID to cover up their what? To cover up their spiritual decline. See? They don't go to church because there's COVID. Really? Or is that a reflection of your spiritual degeneration? It's a good cover-up. The best cover-up. I don't have to go to church. I have a good reason. COVID. See? I don't have to attend Bible study. COVID. But you can go to any other events except the church. But the Bible says, fixing our eyes on Jesus. But then there's a fourth and last, all right? Are you still with me? You still want me to continue? We can end with number three. You know, it's nice, you know, choose what's best. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Fourth is very important. Commit to what's best. Don't just choose what's best. Make a commitment. Lord, this is going to be my life. Every decision, every action I'm going to do, you have to be number one, Lord. Alright? Notice the last part of what Jesus said. One thing is needed. Mary chose the best part, but then Jesus did not end there. Jesus said, it will not be taken away from her. A lot of people, you know, were puzzled. What's the meaning of that? It will not be taken away from her. What's that? It. What's that it? Mary has chosen the best part and it will not be taken away from her. 
What's that it? What's that it that Jesus saying, it will not be taken away from her? That it, brethren, is her faith in Christ. See? It will not be taken away from her. Her faith, her relationship with Christ. Jesus knew that, that Mary's choosing to be with Jesus at that moment is not a one-time thing. You know? Because it's possible every new year, every January, we make a commitment. I'm going to read my Bible every day this year. How many of us made that as our New Year's resolution? I'm going to pray every day. See? But then, before January ends, you already broke it. <laughs> How sad. But Jesus knew because Jesus could see her heart and Jesus could see the future. Jesus knew that this commitment of Mary to be with me is not just this moment. It will not be taken away from her because I can see it coming. This, this lady is really committed to what's best. And you know what? A few months or maybe a year later, maybe two years later, before, before the crucifixion of Christ, days before Jesus' passion on the cross, Jesus was in a certain house teaching. There was this lady, a woman came bringing an expensive alabaster jar with an expensive, not perfume, but oil. All right? Don't mistake her with another woman because in the Bible, there are two women who went to Christ. One was a sinful woman that was not Mary. They say that was Mary Magdalene. They both did the same thing. All right? But in John, in, in the Gospel of John, it was mentioned who was this woman. All right? Leave her alone, Jesus said. Remember? When, when Mary did, broke that jar and poured oil up on the feet of Christ, the disciples were indignant. You know, what a waste of money. You know, we could use this money for the typhoon or death relief operation. You know, you're wasting it. But you know, Jesus got the picture. You know, Jesus knew this Mary is the same Mary who was sitting at my feet, you know, two years ago. And you know what Jesus said? Leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? Notice what Jesus said. She has done a beautiful thing to me. Jesus has never spoken of those words to any other people. Jesus, had, you know, Jesus did not say those words to Peter, only to Mary. She has done a beautiful thing. You know why? Because Mary was anointing him before his death. She knew that Jesus would die. While everyone else would, would struggle to believe that Jesus is dying, when all the disciples were like, you will not die, Lord, you will not die, Lord. She knew that Jesus, it would be necessary for Jesus to die so that she will be saved. See? She knew. That's why she did it to anoint Jesus' body before his death. And Jesus says, this is a beautiful thing. And you know what Jesus said about her? Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Amazing. 
Jesus said, wherever this gospel of my life is preached, what this woman did, it will be told in memory of her. You know why? Because Mary knew her number one. Mary chose and Mary was committed. What's best? For Mary, there's only one best. It's Jesus. And she was committed. Whether it was a party in their home or a very sad time before the death of Christ, Mary knew what was most important in her life. It is Jesus. Be committed to that, friends. Make that your number one this year. And not just this year. Make that your number one all throughout your life. And God will memorialize you. Can you imagine in heaven? When you die, when we reach heaven, Jesus would tell everyone, this guy, nobody knows this guy on earth, but I know him because he made me number one in his life. Do you want Jesus to say that to you? Jesus will say that to you. This guy made me number one in his life. And he's going to be number one here in heaven. Now to close, it is said that there are three people, you know, three people who say they love Jesus. People like Mary, you know, choosing what's best, committed to that best. There are people who are like Martha. They say they love Jesus, but then there, there's so many things going on in their lives. They're troubled. They're distracted. And sometimes Jesus Christ is the one, you know, who is left behind. But there are a third kind of people. People who are neither Mary or Martha. In fact, they were not in the house during the time. Why? They're away. Because they're busy with their own lives. My question is this. Which kind of people are you? Are you like Mary? Are you like Martha? Or are you like people who are neither Mary or Martha? They're not in the house. They're just too busy with their life. Let me leave you with this verse as I close. And this is my personal prayer for you, my dear brethren. This is the prayer of Paul for the Philippian church. Paul says, I pray that you may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern, take note, to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. In the NLT version, it says, I keep on praying that you will grow in knowledge and understanding for I want you to understand what really matters. My prayer, brethren, is that when you step out from this church, you made your three priorities. I hope that you will make the necessary adjustment, that you will know what really matters in your life. It's Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord. We adore you, Lord. We give you praise. Forgive us, Jesus, if there are so many things 
cramming up in our hearts, in our minds. Forgive us, Lord, if there are so many things that matters while there is only one thing that should matter. It's you. It's your kingdom. It's your righteousness. And that's what Jesus said. Seek first God's kingdom and His righteousness and all other things shall be added unto you. Father, forgive us if we have our priorities mixed up, messed up, May we put you first. May we put you ahead of everything. In fact, Lord, give us the courage to eliminate all other competing priorities and help us to embrace you as you're our number one best. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.